I'm Jeremy Dale. I'm Ronnie West. And we are mental health professionals who are convinced that the goal of parenting is to produce competent and virtuous adults. Welcome to the Good Parents, Good Children podcast. We decided that we would like to talk about why people should bother becoming parents. So let's say you're in your 20s or 30s, and it seems like it's the time to consider this, or you know people that are your age or maybe a little bit older that are thinking about it. So why why should you bother becoming a parent? What do you get out of it? What's the point of parenthood? Sure. And and we were thinking about uh, in, in previous generations, there really wasn't a question, right? Like everybody had children. They fairly well had children young, but our age of marriage and age of first child keeps increasing. So age of marriage is now 27 and, and age of first child is now 27. And I always remembered people would cite the statistic of 2.4 children, right? Everybody had 2.4 children. I checked this year and it became 1.8, right? So the average American household now doesn't even have two children. Right. So the number of people, the people that are in America right now, on average, won't even sustain their own population, which has mm -hmm. economic ramifications, but that's not the purpose of this video. But it is a significant shift that various societies, this last time I heard this is going on in Japan, various European societies, I think, I mean, it's, it's all over the world in wealthy, in wealthy societies that the tendency to have less than two children. So not even sustaining, not even sustaining yourself. So that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about this is because since the question of why should you become a parent wasn't even as important before. Now it seems like yeah. if, I guess I'd put it this way, if becoming a parent is really valuable, if it deserves a sales pitch, or if we want more people to do it, I mean, if that is the case, then maybe we should talk about what the point is or or think about what what are the advantages of becoming a parent. Parenting provides great joy uh, in in life. And it's an opportunity to be more virtuous and to develop virtuous and competent adults. Three major things right there. Like it's just fun, which is, you know, a nice, clearly selfish, not a negative way, but just like self-interested. It is fun is one argument that we might make. And I think it is very fair. And then your, it can encourage you to become more valuable and have purpose and become more virtuous to, for you to become a better person in a very real way, especially if you pursue what we think is important. And that is training and producing young people, children that will become virtuous and useful adults, helpful, yeah. better people, good people, adults. So it's now become necessary to make a positive case for, for parenting or for having children where before it was just what people did. Uh, but I think to, to even be more honest to, to the question, we, we almost have to upfront. So why isn't this obvious anymore? Why isn't it just what, what everybody's doing? Well, you know, we, I think one reason why it's not obvious is all three of those things that we proposed mm -hmm. are under question. I think, you know, there's a lot of jokes about how difficult parenting is, and then comedians will complain about how hard parenting is, and people will just make jokes about, oh, it's difficult and it's hard. And, and then, and that sounds almost like the honest side to me. 
And then there will be like this trite, but I really love them. And then that stuff, sometimes at least in uh -huh. entertainment and whatnot, that comes off as this sort of flippant, well, I have to say this. Or to me, it almost seems like people look at how parents love children and it's treated like this sort of insincere, like you have to love them and it's built into you biologically. Mm. So since it's this, like loving your children is thrust upon you or you have no choice but to love them, yeah. it, it's like that reduces its value somehow. Maybe I'm misreading it, but that's what it seems like is one element. Mm. Well, if I, if I listen to people uh, who have children later in life or fewer kids, let's say fewer than, than three, or who decide not to have children at all. I mean, a, a lot of times they talk about lives of travel or decision or just just taking the perspective that, oh, when, I, if I, when and if I have children, then here's so much that I'm not going to be able to do anymore or I won't be able to pursue my goals or even it's just not values aligned. Well, so if someone, if somebody, I mean, if you don't have kids, then you do have the, like you save enough money. So like a middle-class person doesn't have children. They save a bunch of money. They save a bunch of time. They will have more money and time to spend on other things. There's an opportunity cost to having children. So you mm -hmm. could replace children with doing other stuff. And I think the other stuff people look at often will be things like travel the world, mm -hmm. focus on my career. So yeah, if you don't have kids, you don't have to worry about parental leave, being gone for a period of time. You don't have to make the decision, is one of the parents going to stay home and then their career is going to suffer? You don't have to spend the money on them, drive them to child, you know, drive them to whatever child daycare stuff you've got going on, miss work because you're sick. I mean, it's going to make you can put more time and effort into your career if you don't have kids. That That is accurate. Mm. Uh, do, do you think this has anything to do with people marrying at later ages as well? I absolutely think that that's going to factor in. I think that people, whether they would say this overtly or not, they there's some pushback in our society about what the ideal family looks like. But I think everybody realizes it's a whole lot easier to raise kids when you've got two parents, you've got um, the traditional husband and wife raising the kids. There's something ideal about that historically, and I think that people understand that often. So people, you know, generally speaking, wait to have kids until they're older. Now, there's other situations where you can raise kids effectively, but there are major – it seems like there's major advantages to that. So, And I think people uh -huh. realize that. So have we been uh, fully honest in, in saying why, why, why don't people have kids? I mean, I, I had um, – well, There's another piece. I mean, people think about overpopulation, right, which to me I'm like – that to me feels a little bit overly intellectual maybe or abstracted. It's hard for me to imagine that that's – the real reason perhaps but maybe i'm just sure. uh, maybe i'm not being fair to that argument but i mean it's an argument people make they say the world's overpopulated so not having that that's a way to talk about the not having kids where a person can um can feel like they're doing something valuable for other people by not having kids um well which, that's fair but it but that's only with respect to uh have, having biological children 
right? First of all, I right. don't th I don't think it follows. Uh, you know, rarely does the individual behavior, um, especially a virtuous behavior like uh, like raising children, impact the sociology um, as a whole. But if we're if we're opening this to adoption, then actually having children can solve the problem. Uh, if if you believe overpopulation is an issue, right? So it just well, that's a it, separate it just, question, it just doesn't I carry. I mean, whether like. When I was thinking of this video, I was thinking, mm -hmm. have your own children. But I mean, you do mm -hmm. make a good point. It's like if you're open to adoption, then you're you're solving problems as far as helping helping these kids out and you're not increasing the overpopulation problem at all. So that yeah, I mean, that that does address part of that. But even if you're looking at having your own biological children, I don't think the overpopulation thing carries water. But sure. we can talk about what the disadvantages to that argument. I mean, other people will just look at it and say, well, there's too much evil and suffering in the world. Mm -hmm. The world's too chaotic. I won't know. I don't know what the future will hold for my child. They could end up having terrible diseases or depression or what if they become awful and evil and do something really bad um, or awful and evil and bad things happen to them and they, you know, they're just, they suffer and things stink. Um Although when you look at, at that particular argument, uh, if, again, if you're being quite intellectual about it, uh, th then you really run a cost-benefit analysis, right? Like, like what's what's an overall better to to introduce uh, something innocent or potentially good uh, into a world of evil, even if you want to take the position that most everything that exists is evil? I'm not sure that's. Uh, uh, necessarily uh, a correct position, or is is it actually better, especially inside the local or, or nuclear family, to say, oh, you know, by by having a child, I'm actually going to generate good and and virtue and and rightness. Well, in that, I think that that speaks to the virtues of hope and faith, which mm. are interrelated. Of do you trust you and the people that would be in your child's hypothetical life? So let's say, you know, your parents, your spouse's parents, perhaps your friends, potential mentors, people in your community, everyone around you, and then you in particular as the parent or one of the one of the parents. Mm -hmm. How much faith do you have in all of those people to be an influence on the child so that that child can be become somebody? who at bare minimum does more good to everyone around them than harm, right? So that they, they, they generate more wealth than they drain on the world and the people around them. They do more good for the people around them than harm. To me, that seems like a fairly low bar. You know, you're, you're able to, to make things better around you more than you make things worse around you. Therefore your existence is, uh, it's better that you had existed. It, you know, you think about "It's a Wonderful mm -hmm. Life," the iconic movie that then became a Christmas movie, where he wishes he was dead because of how badly things are going. You know, one Christmas season, and then you know, yeah. in the story, he's the angels like, "Oh, okay, well, let's see what the world will look like if you're never born." And then it's all these things that he did that were good. Well, George Bailey in the movie is awesome. Like Jimmy Stewart's character did all these amazing things and the people he helped did all these amazing things. So there's this huge impact, but you don't have to have, you don't, as a, as a potential parent, you don't have to produce a bunch of George Bailey's in order for it to have been worth it in order for it to have been a good thing that you had kids. Um, so I think we, we can't set the bar 
super high in order for the cost of entry, you know, for the cost of entry to becoming a parent. I don't think you, you, know, you don't have to produce amazing people for it to have been a good decision for you to have kids. Um, okay, and I think that you need to trust that the people that you produce could be valuable and useful. Now, you're, you're hitting up against um, one of my big points on this topic, which is I'm not sure the question is why have kids, that, that the question might actually be why become a parent, right? If if the question is why have kids, then maybe I'm thinking about uh, they're going to be fun. I'm going to have uh, somebody to to live with and share life with. Uh, th those those are great and good things. But if I think why become a parent, th then I'm actually thinking something about a change in me, or something about an outcome um, for for this kid when when they're adult. It's why become a parent. Well. Maybe because I want to develop as a person and an adult because I want the responsibility of bringing somebody else up and, and to a certain degree, their outcome being determinant on me. Like, like uh, as if why become a parent, some of that is, um, is a readiness to lead in your home. It's a really different question than why have kids. Well, so I mean, I, obviously, I think the pair, the questions run parallel, and it's mm -hmm. useful to think on both ends because there's sort of there's the shallow question, the deep question. Sure. There's the self interested question in a more well, it's a shallow form of self interest, and then there's a deeper, I mean, still form of self interest in a sense, because okay. it's useful to you to become if you yeah. pursue parenthood and you become an actually good parent. Mm -hmm. then you've achieved something useful and achieving useful things is one of the most enjoyable things you can do. Like what mm. feels better than having become more useful and more valuable as a person where you can look and say, you know what? I'm actually better. I'm better yeah. than I was a few years ago. And you use the word responsibility. And that is really key because I think People talk about finding meaning or purpose in their life. Uh huh. This might be an overstatement, but I think it's fair or close to fair to say you don't find meaning and purpose. There's several things that are good in life you don't find meaning and purpose from. Okay, like fun is good. It's nice to have fun. To the degree that it's different from fun, it's nice to be entertained. Like that's okay. like there's nothing wrong with fun. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. They're important parts of life. But I don't think they provide meaning or purpose, right? You can have a lot of fun and a lot of entertainment and be depressed and feel terrible and oh, sure. have this sense of being unruttered, having no rudder or direction in life. So mm -hmm. what gives you meaning and purpose? I think it's generally speaking, it comes down to responsibility. I mean, in a practical sense, like what's yeah. the practical element that can give you purpose and meaning in life? It's responsibility for most people. I don't think I think for most people they're not going to have a sore any source of responsibility and therefore meaning and purpose that is better than parenthood. Right? Like mm -hmm. you could look at some people who uh the level of skill they have or the opportunities they have, a little bit of luck, whatever, they can they are able to get a whole lot done for themselves and others and divine a certain amount of meaning and purpose mm -hmm. and responsibility that's really magnificent. And whether they had kids or not, 
that's really impressive. So they're they're able to get a lot done without that, right? Yeah. But you know, for most of us, parenthood is an amazing source of that, like really, really powerful. Well, parenthood seems to be the one thing a person can choose to do to have the greatest impact on another person. Is yes. effective. Effectively, if you make the decision to do that, you won't possibly have that same kind of opportunity to make to make that impact on somebody else as as you can for your children. You know, you, you and I say that the purpose of parenting is to create virtuous and competent adults. It is. When I was working that question, one of the places that I came to was that a major purpose of parenting is to instill meaning in your children. So there's very much this dual road that that's that's happening and I get to do something that frankly I think is very hard, very challenging, very demanding and the payout is so big. And in doing so I get the chance to convince my son, my daughter, they ought to develop themselves and potentially even their children to get that payout that's so worth it. Well, so you said, what did you say? You said it was demanding. What were some of the other words you used? Challenging. Challenging, demanding. Downright difficult, hard. Difficult, hard. Okay. When you do things that are challenging, demanding, difficult, and hard, and they're arbitrary, meaningless, and purposeless, that's torturous and terrible. But when you do something that's incredibly meaningful, and that very meaningful thing is those words describe it. In that scenario, I almost think that the meaningful thing, those aren't downsides to that activity that's meaningful. Mm. Because then when you're doing something meaningful, voluntarily, you choose to do it and it's meaningful and it's valuable and it's impacting you in a positive way and hopefully the people around you or whoever, whomever you're responsible mm -hmm. for, right? And it's challenging and it's difficult and it's hard and all of those other things. Well, then that's increasing your competence and virtue. Mm -hmm. You're an example to the people around you of somebody who is pursuing something that is valuable but difficult, and it's not happening to you. It's not being thrust upon you. It's voluntary. You're choosing to accept that burden. That, that voluntariness is, is the real key to the whole thing, uh, I think. So sometimes we, we talk about how self-sacrifice can be virtuous. The reason it can be virtuous is if you're sacrificing self, it has to be in service of something that matters, right? Other people, uh, and expressly those people in, in your close circle of influence, their outcome matters. And so it's, it's as if, if I were putting in demand and challenge uh, in, into things that that are meaningless. Well, 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 as you say, there's, there's just no end point, but it, it, it's this idea of how far down the road can I possibly look and do things that are demanding and challenging and oftentimes stressful and unenjoyable today because it's going to make me actually better, actually gooder, right? More righteous, make my, make those around me, make, make my children actually better, actually more righteous then not only does it start to become worth it, but as you say, it's it's not a bug, it's a feature. It's yes. like the, the process that not just, okay, um, 
this this eventual payout makes it okay that I'm being tortured today. It's like, no, this is the process by which I'm being refined. Right, right. It's not, it's not, it's like you look at a, some inanimate object. I'm having a hard time thinking of what metaphor to use for an mm -hmm. inanimate object, but you look at something that's put, put through the ringer for no reason. And so then all the mm -hmm. scarring on it, it, it's symbolic of nothing, right? It's, it's just a waste. But then yeah. you look at something that's put through the ringer for purpose. Well, then all of the scarring on that object, that's symbolic of all of the value that that object mm -hmm. has had over time. So, okay. So I thought, I just thought of like a saddle, right? So you think about like a cowboy or something and they get all this work done. So they buy the saddle. It's new. It's a greenhorn cowboy. He's done nothing. Okay. Then he's riding. He's riding thousands of cattle from Texas to Kansas City or whatever, right? And then over time, and he loves the saddle. It's an inanimate object. He looks at the saddle. What does it mean? It means hard work, sacrifice. Hmm. He went from a greenhorn to somebody who knew what he was doing. Maybe he mentored other people. Maybe he got you know thousands of cattle safely on the job. It's a symbol of pride and value. Well, then all the scarring and the aging on the saddle, mm -hmm. it's a feature, not a bug, right? You, know, you, you, you were speaking, and I realized... I had experienced the converse, right? So this is someone who who went through uh, stress and wear for a purpose. And uh, conversely, uh, I had a job once upon a time that was easy. Uh, it was easy, and I got to spend time with babies and toddlers, so I really liked it. And uh, whenever I left that job, they were asking me why I was, you know, why I was leaving. Did, didn't I? And I enjoy this work, and I really enjoyed it. But I wanted a challenge, right? It, it's like quit, quit paying me so well and treating me so nicely if if you're not gonna intellectually challenge me, right? The, these are some of the things that we secretly yearn for when we're honest, and if we don't have them, uh, and and we're uh, we're unconscious to that, we'll end up seeking them out. Or uh, I'll put it another way to bring us. A, a little bit back to to the topic at hand if we find ourselves 40 or 45 and profession professionally uh successful but living alone that's a lot of time to be alone with your own thoughts and a, a, oftentimes i i find these people because I, I interact with them at work and, and in society and it seems like there's well, it seems like there's emptiness, like there's there's a missingness just, just kind of around them. Well, so, you know, there are people that choose to not have children and then they – but they pursue a life of incredible sacrifice for something that they have deemed as noble and valuable, right? So – I mean, I'm assuming Mother Teresa never had kids because she was a nun. So, but you look at somebody, and I and I'm not an expert on Mother Teresa, but my impression is she did all kinds of charitable, valuable things for a lot of people other than herself, and was and and was able to find meaning in virtuous, loving, charitable activities, self-sacrifice, right? Um, and people could do things like that on a much smaller scale, and it still be super duper worthwhile right? They're getting things done. You could have somebody who they start a business and 
they put all their eggs in that basket. But because of their hard work and sacrifice, working 80, you know, 80 hours a week and being living on very little money and putting all the money back in the business over the course of time, on the one hand, yeah, they become more wealthy and they're able to do fun things with their money, you know, when they're in their 50s or 60s or whatever mm -hmm. after a lot of time. But they're also hiring dozens or hundreds of people. Those people are able to support their families. Sure. And it's because of the sacrifices they made earlier. Well, if if a person ends up believing that they've got things they want to do or can do and they don't think that they could have children to get that stuff done if the things they're pursuing are valuable enough they're really not frivolous they're really useful truly meaningful well then that then that becomes a situation where maybe not having the kids is a good choice now the problem is there's a lot of things in life where you could pull off a lot of that and still have kids um having kids doesn't have to be um out of line with with those things necessarily um, but sometimes it might, I mean, if the things that you're going to do, you know, there's just no way to do it without spending a hundred hours, a, uh, you know, a hundred hours a week away from home. Well, that's not the most conducive environment to parenthood. Or if you have to be in a really dangerous part of the world, mm -hmm. you know, then it may not be conducive to that. There could be people in the military who are just on active duty gone and they're making sacrifices sure. that they've deemed really valuable and they don't want to put uh, their family through that. You know, that's not, that's not, that's not, that, that sounds like a pretty good argument for a non-frivolous valuable life. I, I can definitely see that. So, so, so non-frivolous valuable life, you're effectively uh, setting the bar as intense self-sacrifice, uh, sacrificial, sociological beneficial to the point that if there were children, they, they might as well be getting harmed. So you mentioned Mother Teresa who spent her time finding people who were beaten up and tossed on the side of the road in Calcutta and taking them to the emergency room, right? It's, it's no place for children. Well, he, okay. And I, and I, I would, I would temper that a little bit. Uh -huh. Let's say she just decided for her, she didn't like, let's say she wasn't a nun. So having a family and having children was really on the table and you know, it, whatever. Okay. Well, if she just decided I don't want to do this at the same time as have kids because I think having children will distract me from this purpose that I want to really pursue. And it, even if it's not a matter of she can't or she deems that it wouldn't be appropriate for the kids, just personal choice. I'm going to pursue this. And I think if I really put all my heart into this and I don't allow myself to be distracted by like that, that, you know, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, even then where it's not necessarily damaging to the kids, they just, they decide to really, really pursue that thing. Um, sort of single-mindedly or whatever, then, you know, but yeah. that, and the bar doesn't have to be that high. I'm just saying there is a high bar where obviously it could make sense. And then we just have to see how low can you make the bar and it still makes sense, kind of. You've been listening to the Good Parents, Good Children podcast. Thank you for joining us. Remember, if you have kids, you can parent, you may parent, you must parent. Please check out the other episodes in this series. On the Good Parents, Good Children podcast. <laughs>